This podcast replay is brought to you by HialeahParkCasino.com. From the loosest slots in the state to one of the most comfortable poker rooms in South Florida. Enjoy their smoke-free casino at HialeahParkCasino.com. All righty. Welcome aboard. Yes, sir. You're not going to stop me. You could try to contain me, but you can't stop me. That's for damn sure. We are at Hylia Park, leg elevated and all. I'm on my scooter and everything. Uh, it's called a, uh, a knee scooter is what that's called. And by the way, I, uh, I, I, we definitely purchased one that it, these knee scooters suck. Okay. For those of you that don't know, I had foot surgery. So I uh, am now in a process of about a six-week rehab and uh, really can't put much weight on it for two weeks, right? Uh, although everything, I went, I went to check it out today after the, I had the surgery on Tuesday. So today, was it Tuesday or Monday? It was Tuesday, right? I think it was Tuesday. Yeah, because we didn't do the show Tuesday. And so uh, had a check today. They cleaned out all the, the bandages and the blood and all that guts and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I was uh, oozing out, and um, actually it was pretty clean, pretty cl- pretty good actually, considering uh, everything. So uh, he said everything was kosher. They took the X-rays. Everything is normal. Okay. The only th- the one thing I've learned is that knee scooters are uncomfortable as hell for your knee. So I don't know if anybody's had one of those. Uh, uh, Anybody's had like a lower leg injury that you ever bought one of these knee scooters? Uh, I think I'm going to have to return this one because I got to get something better because I got to tell you, dude, that is uncomfortable. They're not going to make them comfortable because then people like me would just go buy one just to have. Well, they do that already. I know, but I'm not I buying see, I've seen how comfortable you've been. I'm not going to buy that one. I'm going to. Well, yeah, this one's not good. <laughs> um, but I, I'll tell you, I've seen it in airports where they're cruising around on their luggage, you know? I almost bought one of those luggages. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's uh, pretty cool. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, no, this one is not comfortable. That's all I can tell you. So now I got to go on Amazon and go look for a knee um, dolly or whatever the hell I called it right now. Scooter, knee scooter. And... Uh, and all that good stuff. But it is, it helps you get around, bro. Does help you get around. Man, you gotta have that knee scooter. I'll tell you that. Oh, that is, you know what, let me take this one off. I don't think it's, I don't think the towel is good for, for the uh, laying of the leg there. All right, anyway, so, uh, good afternoon, one and all. David Faronis will join us at four o'clock. So we'll talk a little Dolphins with him. We are awaiting uh, the NBA trading deadline ends at four, if I'm correct, right? Three? Oh, at three. Oh, I thought it was four. Why is it that I thought it was four? So then if they're done, I have not heard anything. I, I, I really didn't want the Heat to, to make another move. I don't really want them giving up a whole bunch of uh, assets. And the funny part was, you know, it's the hilarious part is – uh, people, uh, let, let me just, re, you know, let me just enlighten most of you out there. Nobody wants Tyler Hero. I, I, I love the, it ended at three? Okay. I love the Heat fan that thinks that there's like some kind of market for Tyler Hero or something. 
I, I find that one hilarious. Like, if there's a market for him, it's a garbage market. Nobody wants him, so you're not going to get much offered for him. And they really don't have a lot of things that you want to move. You know what I'm saying? They got pretty much rid of the dead weight that they were going to get rid of, and now that Jimmy Butler is at least trying, I guess you'll ride out the rest of the season with him. You know what I'm saying? But that's about it. I mean, nobody really wants Tyler Hero, you know? Tyler needs to go through, like, a couple of years of staying healthy and kicking ass. And then I think that will convince people if, you know, maybe at that point, then you really want to keep him, obviously. But if you really ever think that he's a tradable piece, you know, a sexy piece, because he's not, unfortunately, you know, I get I get. Some of you are still waiting for the Tyler Hero with the scowl from the from the bubble to appear, and that's just not going to happen ever. It's never really going to happen. He is what he is. But let's not try to make him what he's not. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, you know, it is what it is. What are you going to do? No, in reports, too, the only name that came up for the Heat. Caleb. Caleb, that was it. Caleb Martin for the Kings. That was the only team that had anything... Looking at that situation. And if I tell you, you could trade for Tyler or Caleb, who are you trading for? Caleb. You like him as a player, and you like his contract a lot better. You know what I mean? Caleb's problem now is that he can't stay healthy. That's actually his real problem now. He's very injury prone is his problem. That's really the issue there, you know, for Caleb. But, um, yeah, uh, not much. So also Brett Dodger, no, not gonna happen. Well, what's he? What's Brett Dodger? He said, Big O, any chance that Sean would piggyback you while you're wounded? Yeah. No. Oh, piggyback? Yeah, all firemen's carry oh, him like to me. safety, but I will not. Yeah, you know, no. I'm not gonna sit around and carry him from post to post. Yeah, no, definitely not. No, definitely not. Definitely, I wouldn't do that to the man. That would kill him, by the way. <laughs> that would kill him. <laughs> Oh, Lord. You give me the grocery cart uh, scooter. We'll put you in the basket there and we can go. go. Yeah, I do have a little basket. I can yeah, actually. yeah, you do. I saw that little thing. I do it. Nice. By the way, Bitcoin over 45000 You know, only a matter of time, man. Come on, man. I mean, give me a break. It's uh, the, the outflows from GBTC. You know, I was, uh, I was going back and forth with SoCal Derek. Who I, I love SoCal Derek before I rip him apart. Um, cause you know, this is a ripping apart of, of love, you know what I mean? But it is going to be a ripping apart cause I was talking Bitcoin and, you know, and, and like, there's this big billionaire that says, well, you know, Bitcoin is, you know, cause they're all coming around now, you know? And, uh, and so he's like, well, they're trying to fool you. And I'm like, yo dude, enough already with the Bitcoin negativity. You know what I mean? It's like, so Calderic and some of you out there, you, you are just so programmed and you're just stupid and again i do it with all love so calderic you know you're a dumbass when it comes to money and you know bitcoin uh like a lot of you out there by the way you're with so calderic you know a lot of you are dumbasses you know but that's all right i'm not a financial advisor i'm not telling you anything but that's fine you know what i mean it is what it is i know where we're going you know what i mean you know as I tell him yesterday and I tell you guys out there, you know, they printed $30 trillion of 
U.S. money, you know. 30 trillion. They've killed the value of our dollar. Absolutely killed it. But, you know, that's all right. Do the math. There's only 21 million Bitcoin, but trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars. Yeah, no, that's really productive. Uh, so stay stupid out there. You know, it's, it's all good. It's all good. We're going to see how it turns out. And, you know, it's already turning out in the way I'm saying it. But, you know, all the smart people, rich people and all that, they're all in. So it was nice to see it get back over 45. It should be headed to 50 very soon. So let's do a little roll call. Luis Benito is in. Carlos Lorenzo is in Baja, California, Mexico. Great place to hang out. True Fin Fan is in. He's checking in to the Farters Anonymous. Is it really anonymous? No, it's not. Uh, not when you take pride in it, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Brooklyn Rob says, good afternoon, Big O and Sean. Hope everyone bought the dips. I loaded up on Bitcoin, ETH, Avalanche, and Sailor. Hey, Thaler. Hey, did that, guy, did that guy load up on Sailor when he was complaining about it falling and it was into the four cent? And I said, man, I got to get, I, uh, yesterday I got it at, at four cent, at four two, at like four five, loaded up and it went all the way to six today. It went up to like 50%. It's now up like 30% or something, five eight. But everybody that jumped on it yesterday on that dip, you're already making money off of it. You know, got you got to be patient in this. You got to be strong. And if you believe in it, you did your homework, you'll be good. Steven Gonzalez is in the house. I'm feeling good. You know, I no Percocets, no painkillers yet. I have not taken any painkillers. So that's actually uh, pretty uh, impressive so far. Now, I have not had pain, to be quite honest. The most pain I have is when I get on this stupid knee scooter and my knee be starts to hurt because... That thing is uncomfortable, dude. It's like, uh, uh, although they told me that everybody complains about a knee scooter because your knee's not used to being in that position, so it eventually, you know, you start to complain. So that's kind of what's going on. That's my problem with it. NorCal is in the house. Angelo De Jesus. Uh, this being uh, at work without the show just sucks. I'm listening to yesterday's show to make sure I didn't miss anything. Thank you, Angel. Thank you, thank you. Time listening is very important for Sean and myself. Uh, Robert T., Gus Gus1388, Jamie Zoria out in California in San Jose. Hoping everybody has a great day. Ray says, uh, why are some people shocked or pissed that the Heat didn't make any moves? Uh, what are they going to even trade for, even trade away outside of Tyler Hero? Nothing. Nothing. And Tyler's not really a, a sexy piece to anybody. They won't give you anything for Tyler Hero because you have to pay him too much money. Uh, One-Eyed Jack is in. I'm ready for the offseason to start so we can see how this roster is going to shape up. We'll start finding out once free agency. You know, once once we get into free agency and we find out you know, this is how the process is going to get, and especially on the show, because I don't like dealing, like, I'm watching already people do mock drafts. That's the dumbest shit in the world. Why are you doing a mock draft? We haven't even had free agency yet. You know? It's, that's some dumb shit to be doing a mock draft. 
And so I, you guys know on this show, we don't deal with the silly hypotheticals and start talking about what ifs. And let's find out, is Saquon Barkley going to re-sign with the Giants? Is he going to become a free agent? Is he tradable? You know, like that. Derek Henry, where, where is he going? You know, all that. Let's find out. Once we approach free agency, we're going to know who's going to get tagged and who's not, who's available, who's not. And then we go through free agency and we figure out who gets picked up, and then we can start to focus on the draft. Because now we know what we've done in free agency. Now we know where they possibly need, possibly, because it's not a sure thing, need to go in the draft. But you don't, you don't start doing mock drafts now when you haven't even had free agency. I get it. Writers and websites and all these people. They need clicks and all that. Like I'm watching, uh, I'm scrolling through uh, Twitter now, right? And Pro Football Network has Dan Marino saying, you know, Dan Marino would like to see the old logo back because he likes how they look. And that's the tease, right? But they leave out the most important part of the interview that he says, Stephen Ross, I don't think we'll ever do it because it's his baby. But, you know, that's not good for clicks, you know, they, they need clicks from you. So they want the Dolphin fan. Oh, Marino thinks, you know, he wants to bring it back. And so you're dumb enough to click into it and get suckered into it. And that's all they do in this world. They just want to sucker you into everything. Okay? Including the U.S. dollar. Derek, SoCal. Anyway, so, you know, it's, it's just this is the world we live in. They just want to sucker your ass into all this stuff. And they don't just tell you the truth. Okay? Marino said he thinks it'll never happen. That's the truth. That's the storyline out of all that, which was super depressing, by the way, to hear that Marino thinks Stephen Ross would never do it because that's his baby. The whale is his baby. The effing whale is his baby. Okay? That's ridiculous. That's where we're at. And that, to me, was the storyline out of it. But see, that's where we live in this world where they just want to work the clickbait, unfortunately. You know what I'm saying? It sucks, man. It really sucks that they just want to work that clickbait. But, hey, Pro Football Network or everybody else, they kind of do the same garbage, right? They got to do whatever they think is going to get clicks, not because it's actually giving you the credible news out of it. Now, let's trick you to get you into it. Uh, let's see. No doubt is in the house. Think Blue Dodgers in L.A. says it's sunny again. Good for you guys, man. Man, you guys just get too much bad weather. Enough already for California. Uh, thank you, Brian. The recovery is uh, going as well as it could, man. Um, been able to sleep. No pain. So it's good. Ray is out in central Jersey. Uh, not dancing with the wife yet, Ray. Not yet. Not yet. Couple months. Jay Gelfin says two wins and two nights for the Heat, seeing potential chemistry. They played the 10 win Spurs last night. Let's, you know, let's relax. Huh? Who are the Spurs? Yeah, I know, but again, that's. It's one of those games, 
you, you just don't, you, you don't get ready for the team. You don't get up for them, and then they bite you in the ass, you know? So I, uh, Jay, I need a, a lot more winning to start feeling. You know what I feel good about? Jimmy's actually trying. So that's what I feel good about. By the way, can we talk about something, um, something that consistently develops with the Miami Heat, and it doesn't matter who the hell you are, which proves how awesome, how freaking awesome this franchise is, okay? All right, so let me ask you something. Did Ronnie Cycli not get better? He did, right? It wasn't even with these guys, right? Keith Askins grew up in this, in this business, in this, in this franchise. They did a nice job of developing players early on, right? Grant Long had a great character and developed but then when Riley and company took over, it was different, dude. It was Tim Hardaway resurrecting his, a.k.a. selfish career is what they said he was over there and all that. And he came here and he played the best basketball of his career. It's Isaac Austin losing 100 pounds and becoming a terrific player and getting a contract from Orlando and never playing like that again. But with us, he excelled. You know, it's watching, it's watching Keon Dooling lose his way and come back here and find it and go on. It's watching Hassan Whiteside, who was a, a jagoff, a, a loser, actually play some half-decent basketball here, the best he ever played here, just like James Johnson. And it doesn't matter if you're Chris Bosh. You will come here and you will become a three-point shooter. It doesn't matter if you're LeBron James. You will come here and you will learn to play in the post more to improve yourself as a player. It doesn't matter if you're Dwayne Wade. They will make you a better shooter. It doesn't matter if you're Caleb Martin or James Johnson. It does not matter who you are. You will improve as a player. Nobody but nobody ever made Jimmy Butler a three-point shooter. Somehow or another, he has become a more productive three-point shooter with the Miami Heat than he has ever been in his entire life. It's a lot easier to get the guy, Duncan Robinson, who's done nothing to do something. Not to do what Duncan's done. That's special. But I'm just saying, a lesser player, get them to become a slightly better player, you can do that. But when you start making even stars better than what they are, then you're reaching the ultimate player. It's a lot easier to reach the scrubberini, the guy that's dying to break into the league. They're going to listen to you. They're going to listen to every word you're saying because they need the damn job. Superstars... When you make them do things that is out of their comfort zone and then they start to improve in those areas, you know, that goes to coaching. And watching Jimmy Butler, who is, what's he, is he aiming for 50%? He's like at 40 or something like that, something stupid, right? He's like at a stupid percentage right now, Jimmy Butler, for a three-point shooting. Give me the exact number, Sean. But it's like a ridiculous number right now for him. Ridiculous. It's good for anybody. Ridiculous for him because he is not a competent three-point shooter. Okay? 
not a guy that you really want shooting a three-pointer. Every once in a while in a go-to situation, it's kind of like Josh Allen. Josh Allen is inaccurate on a consistent basis, but he has like a clutch gene to him at times that he will make a throw that you really need. And, you know, he has that tendency of doing that. I'll give him credit for that. Yeah, he will be erratic and he'll throw and all that stuff. Where is it at now? Because you're, you're like going like, I saw you shaking your head going like, oh, I see. Okay. I thought, it was, I thought you were already freaking out like, holy crap. Bitcoin like a rocket? What's going on? It, it, hit, it, it went even more? What's going on, Lisa? Let me see. Let me see. Okay, 45, 575, not bad. We're headed to we're headed to 46. We'll be going to 50 soon. We're going to 50. 44%. That's stupid. That's just that's just absolutely ridiculous. Is what? 32% career average and he's at 44 now. Okay? I mean, that that's pretty amazing, man. I got to say, pretty damn amazing. And give the Heat credit, man. It doesn't matter who you are. You'll come here and you're Caleb Martin, and you'll turn your career and your and your, your Max Struess and your Gabe Vincent and all, all, all the – Gabe Vincent will place better here than he did with the Lakers, right? I mean, it, it really is amazing. And then when you're watching Jimmy Butler actually hit threes – it's like their teaching is awesome. Like, that's, they could probably teach me speed reading better than L. Ron Hubbard. I probably lost a bunch of you on that one. Anyway, uh, let's see what else. Um, remember, boys, if you got some trees to blaze, let it play. Okay, there you go. Uh, is that the one that Jalen Phillips is on? He's probably got a better one than I do. He probably was smarter, and somebody bought him one, and they probably had, like, a killer one. Uh, this one my wife bought in desperation, went to Walgreens, and uh, not good. No goo. No goo. It gets me by, but it's kind of mediocre, I have to say. So I'm going to have to uh, make a move. Make a move and make a zoom. Gonna have to return this one. It's not that good. Uh, let's see. Ray Sosa in. Giovanni. Lisa Rose. Que talento. Big O, how do you feel about the last two new coaches we added to the defense? I am I think you need to listen to the shows the last couple days and on Monday. And uh, I'll explain that it's not a it's actually not a big deal, nothing to worry about. It's all good. That's really not the problem. But I break it all down for you there thoroughly, my man. Thank God the Raptors traded for Kelly Olynyk. I know, right? When I heard that story, I'm like, really, you're trading for Kelly Olynyk? That's ridiculous. Dub MC says, big O proud of you. I just watched a YouTube documentary about the Marlins from 9703. Man, Huizinga ruined us. Oh, because he actually did it? <laughs> he spent money? Yeah. Yeah, he actually, yeah. He, uh, he tried early on, and then he backed out. I think he didn't like the business of baseball. I think he had, like, a, a, um, a foresight of it and said, 
yeah, this model is you have to put way too much money in it in order to get out of it, you know? And that's probably why he backed out of it. I mean, billionaires are billionaires for a reason. Okay? More often than not, they're not making stupid decisions. Popeye, Robert T., Cosa Nostra, NorCal says, riding and burpees again during the show, hoping everyone's kicking ass today. You are, NorCal. You're always kicking ass. Ray Sosa, potential chemistry for the Heat. Ha ha. Chemistry against the mediocre Magic Spurs and Wizards team. Yeah, I, I, uh, I need to see a lot more before I start getting pumped up about the, uh, about the Heat. I agree, oh, just saying they're healthy overall and Spo gets to play with his combinations. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, and, and Jimmy's trying. <laughs> really, Jay, you and I know that that's the key. Jimmy doesn't give a shit about the regular season, and he's trying. So that helps. The Shaq days were fun, Dub MC. Ocala Joe says, Orlando, agree with you on avoiding those pain pills. I've had six knee surgeries and never took any poison to the stomach. It's just... Uh, I'm not big on, on medication, I've, and I've never been big on pain pills, you know? Um, I, I just, and it doesn't matter what I've had, any kind of injury that I've ever had, and I've never broken a bone, but thank the Lord, but I've had some injuries, uh, and they've required, you know, they give me pain medicine, and I tell you, I shit you not, 99% of the time I never take the pain medicine. I never take the pain medicine. I deal with the pain. You know what I mean? It's got to be the kind of pain that doesn't allow me to sleep. If it's that bad, then I'll, then I'll be forced to take it. But it hasn't happened. I don't take kidney stones. I've had them twice. Never took one painkiller for a kidney stone. Okay? And kidney stones are not fun. Zero painkillers for a kidney stone. And that shit is, oh, devastating. It's water, 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 water. You got to practically drown your ass in water. So you just pee, 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 pee. And in a day or two, you usually pump that baby out. It's painful as hell, you know? Um, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, wow. Uh, that's the worst pain I've ever felt. I gotta say my, my AC joint second degree was not nearly as painful. This hasn't been as painful. Um, what other things have happened to me over the years? Got hit with a bat here. Uh, when I was playing catcher when I was a kid. I don't even remember how that felt because I was like seven, something like that. I was really young. Um, got like six stitches here. Don't remember how that felt. I know it hurt, but I don't remember if it was that bad. Um, no, but I, I try to stay away from it. And it's not because I'm afraid to get addicted to it or anything like that. It's just, it's not good for you, man. So... I just kind of stay away from it. Yes, sir. Spencer Diddenwood, he's probably going to get cut by the Raptors. I would pick him up in a so heartbeat. I don't know that he can. Cheapness? No, they're in the first apron right now. They can't sign anybody that was cut with a 12.2 uh, 
million dollar salary or, or, over. Over, they can only cut. They can only sign anybody twelve point two below, because they're in the first apron right now. That's what that's what Ira was saying though. Was when they're in the luxury tax, you start getting the aprons. That's where they start. They're gonna start dinging people. That's crazy. Uh, Dude 67, Ray Sosa, Josh Allen, Clutch Gene, 93% of the time comes out against the Dolphins. Yeah, it does come out every time with us. It does. And he is erratic with the ball. He's not really accurate. But he has his moments that when you need it, he finds a way and he does do it sometimes. You know, I hate to give him credit and give the Bills any kind of credit, but you got to give credit where credit is due, man. Uh, Dude 67, Alexis Palenzuela, Manolo... Chris Wilson is fishing. Big O, I'm here just getting fishing tackle organized. I like it. I like it. But you didn't invite me, bro. Uh, Manolo is there. Uh, oh, what happened to the foot? Just kidding. Uh, Big Nick, South Florida say he, made, he said something wrong to me. I took out his foot. <laughs> Heat seven finals and ten conference finals in the last 20 years, and we still wait and see. Wow. It's uh, it's impressive, man. It's impressive. It really is. And when you can get Jimmy Butler to actually shoot threes, that's crazy, man. I got to tell you, that is just absolutely awesome. It really is impressive. Oh, man. What did uh, Kryptonite, where is it at? It was down in the fours, and now it's at 5-4. So it went up to 6-2. Shot up so fast, man. Pendle's been in a big dip, dude. Big dip at three bucks, but it's a big dip. <laughs> uh, remember, Cash App or Venmo, Cash Big O Show. That is Cash Big O Show. You can make a donation, and you can send in your questions, comments, insults, all kinds of good stuff there on Cash App or Venmo, Cash Big O Show. NorCal says, Big O, the moment X-Factor demanded more money, I wanted him gone. I now feel that way about Wilkins. Uh, F that kind of player. Um, I love Wilkins, the player, NorCal. I really do. Um, But I have to tell you something. He is not Quinn and Williams. He's not a game wrecker. He plays very well. But he doesn't play like a $25 million player. And if that's what he's going to ask for, um, that's why I've told you that, you know, he's not coming back. I've been telling you that for a while now. You know, and I know other people that are on the beat and they're talking about tags or they're talking about contracts and, and all that stuff and they can't let him go. And, you know, people don't really look at it. Most of his sacks came against the bad teams. He didn't really come up big in in all the big games. Only one, and that was the Bills. And I almost feel that in that case, Sean, he loves to hate Josh Allen so much that that alone was his, like, maybe driving force to create the one play out of all the good teams they faced this year. And what do you think Chris Jones does in most of the big games? He wrecks it. And that's what, you know, Aaron Donald and that's what the top defensive tackles do. They wreck it. And, in fact, I would say Sealer wrecked more than he did. And he's going to make less than half of what Wilkins is asking for. 
because he makes around 11. He's going to ask for the 24-25 range. And that's why I tell you, you have to, like, compartmentalize your feelings for the Miami Dolphins and for Christian Wilkins. I love him as a player. You know, he's been a heck of a player for the team. Um, but sometimes you have to make tough decisions. And sometimes there are decisions that are just not fiscally responsible. And signing Christian Wilkins to that contract would be fiscally unresponsible. So you're better off trying to draft his replacement if you can with your first or second round pick. That's usually where you can get a defensive tackle and a pretty good one. So that's what I would do if I'm the Miami Dolphins. And that's why I keep telling you, and that's why I think a lot of people out there don't understand the cap situation, and they want to sell you the sensationalism of all these real cap issues, and it's going to be so difficult, and it's not, because you're eliminating Christian Wilkins' salary, you're eliminating X's salary, you're eliminating Agba's salary, you're eliminating Cedric Wilson's salary, you're opening up another 15 to 18 million by giving Tua a new contract. The amount of money that you are opening up this offseason will give you all the flexibility you need to re-sign the players you really need to re-sign, like Connor Williams, like Robert Hunt. Those are the players that you really need to re-sign. Okay, Christian Wilkins can be replaced. I know it looks impossible right now, but you didn't think you were going to replace Minka Fitzpatrick, and you did. Okay, and you'll replace it. You've got a great front office. All right? I know the coaching thing, they haven't convinced us yet on that part because they didn't hit on flow, and the Mike McDaniel thing is kind of teetering right now. Uh, and hopefully he figures it out, you know, for everybody's sake. But on the personnel side, I have 100% complete confidence that this offseason they will have the flexibility, they will have options out there in order to build back the team and they can be a championship caliber team. But it's really up to the coach more than the front office. I, I tend to think the front office will do their job. I'm nervous about Mike McDaniel now, you know? And I, I, I hate to, you know, I, I really hate to do this, but it's kind of been a trend for me personally. I don't know about you guys, but with Adam Gase or with Brian Flores or, well, Joe Philbin, I never believed in him from day one. So that one doesn't count. But it's happened to me a couple times that when I'm in year after year two, although I haven't gotten to that point yet with Mike McDaniel, I did get to that point with Adam Gase and Brian Flores that after year, once you, it started in year two, but once year two was over, I was convinced they weren't the guys. Okay? I'm not there yet with McDaniel because I, I really love his offensive mind. I, I I, I like the person, too, man. I, I just think there's a lot there with McDaniel that is just 
maybe needs to be a little bit more molded, but he showed me a lot of stubbornness this year, which scared the shit out of me, you know? And that stubbornness, that's a problem. You know what I'm saying? But um, I, I, I have total faith. The challenge of rebuilding this team can be done. And, and you know, the, the GM told you himself, 30 to 40% of the roster is overturned. So let's not get surprised here. You're going to miss players, and you're going to lose good players. And this one, and Christian Wilkins will not be the first player that's gone. Two years ago, I told you that, that Byron Jones would be gone the following season, and he was. Two years ago, I told you that X would be gone in two years. Okay? And I'm the one that told you that Christian Wilkins, for the last few months, I've been telling you Christian Wilkins is gone. I have not been wrong one time when I tell you this. Okay? I got a pretty good feel for what goes on in that building and how they think overall. And you're gonna and this is not going to be the last good player you're gonna let go because you're going to you know we credit I, I just started the show by crediting the Miami Heat for developing players for so long under Pat Riley and all kinds of players. But I'll tell you something that I'm going to take credit away from the Miami Heat, and I'm going to give it to now the Miami Dolphins, which, by the way, we have no business ever comparing the Dolphins to the Heat because the Dolphins haven't accomplished jack shit for decades. Okay? It's an embarrassment. I'm insulting the Heat by even putting the Dolphins in the same sentence with the Heat. Okay? All right? That's how much lesser of a franchise... The Dolphins are to the Heat. All right, let's just be clear on this. But I'm objective as hell. And there's one thing that I will say Pat Riley fails in constantly. He gets high on his own supply. Constantly. You re-sign Whiteside, you sign Deion Waiters knowing he needs foot surgery... Nobody's going to give his ass a contract. You gave him a contract. You give Tyler Hero a contract he doesn't deserve or belong in. Bam Adebayo is not really a franchise player, but you're paying him like a franchise player. You didn't make the tough decision a couple of years ago with Jimmy Butler, but now you've kept him. And, yeah, it's been a nice run, but you never found the other stars, so you're really never going to win a championship with this team. But, hey, Eric Spolstra will always overachieve because he's the best coach on the planet. Well, guess what? Christian Wilkins will, t- I mean, um, we finally have something we don't have with the Miami Heat. We do have with the Dolphins. We have a general manager that will not do that. He will not give you money if he doesn't think you deserve it. And he'll ship you away and he'll cut you and he'll let you go and he'll trade you away or whatever it is. But he, most of the time, will not overpay. And he'll take a hard-line stance. Doesn't matter if you're Connor Williams. It doesn't matter who you are. Christian Wilkins, oh, no, I want Quinn and Williams' money. Nope, you're not getting it. We're not giving it to you. And that's something that the Dolphins never did. They used to get high on their own supply, too. They were just like G-Money and the Cash Money Brothers. And G-Money was getting high on his own supply. 
And that's the Miami Heat. They get high constantly on their own supply. They develop people that are playing over their heads, and then they go and pay them. And they don't notice that every time they leave and go somewhere else, they never live up to any of the contracts that they say. Max Struess is like the first guy to live up to a contract. Isaac Austin was a disaster. Okay? Keon Dooling came here, got another contract from somebody else, never worked out. James Johnson, you signed him, didn't work out. Uh, Whiteside, you signed him, it didn't work out. You end up and, and you end up re-signing your own people, and then it burns you. Usually it burns other people when they sign your guys. Right? Right? They they sign your guys and it doesn't ever work out. Oh yeah, no, we'll take uh what was it, the uh, Jones Jr. or whatever, the the kid that was really athletic a couple years ago. And he was starting to play all right here, a defender. And somebody took him and gave him a little contract and you know, I give, I'll give the Dolphins credit in that sense. They've gotten really good at that now. They've gotten really good at that now. They've taken a hard-line stance, which I wish the Heat would do sometimes and not give some of these bad contracts like they have over the last – imagine, look how good the Heat have been the last four years with all the mistakes they've made. Derek Jones Jr. That's it. Thank you. Derek Jones Jr. So I, I give I give him credit. That's one thing right there. Oh man. Anyway, by Wilkins, if that's the case. He, he's gone. He's gone. I can tell you that. Uh Wilkins not gonna be easy to replace, and it will be Sealer's play. Yeah, nothing is easy, my friend. Nothing in life is easy. Uh, Go out and get Chris Jones. (laughs) Uh, Who are you going to replace X with and Wilkins? uh, And who are you going to uh, start the season for Chubb and Phillips? Well, for Chubb and Phillips, you got to bring back AVG and then get somebody else and then hope for the best there. Uh, Wilkins, we shall see, my brother. X. I don't want X back anymore. X is done. Let's not make it sound like X is this, this missing piece or anything. Uh, that was... Uh, X is not something you're going to miss. Okay? That's, you got to move on. He's old already. He's falling off the other side. If we have to rebuild the defense this offseason, then we have to take a step back next year and we can't afford that. I hope Greer realizes that. Uh, and then what are you going to do, Skyler? You got to make changes, dude. You're going to lose players. So. Uh, let's see. Uh, Greer only gets hurt players. You know, Lewis, um, you're probably young and you have no perspective whatsoever. Um, really, it's not that he gets injured players. Players get injured in football, period, okay? And there are players that get injured, and they weren't injury-prone. Connor Williams wasn't injury-prone, and neither was Robert Hunt, and neither was Austin Jackson. It's just bad luck, dude. Did Chubb have an injury history? Yes. Yes, and so did Teron Armstead. 
but it's not all the players. That's just the way it is. Dude, we traded for Hugh Green, and he blew out his knee. You have no perspective, Luis Benito. That's the problem. You people, live, some of you, right? You're either too young, you haven't really lived, or you, or you really don't take the time to just go look overall. Shit happens, dude. I, watch Marino talk about 92 when he had a chance and he blew out his Achilles. It's bad luck, man. Happens. You can't do anything about that. But it's not like all the players he's, re, he's signing are injury prone. Sometimes you have bad luck. And sometimes your players get injured. And the last two years, they have had terrible luck. But the years before that, it wasn't about injuries a lot of times. A lot of times it was about incompetence. But you're a prisoner of the moment. You're uninformed. And you have no perspective, Luis Benito. Because I can come up with countless of examples of just bad luck. AVG was not injury prone. And he just got injured on a tackle. And again, it... We're not signing a bunch of injury-prone players. Okay, and the other stupid thing that people say is, oh, the trainers. No, dude, it's just bad luck. And our bad luck's been going on for decades now, dude. Bad luck with coaches, bad luck with players, bad luck in the draft. Okay, we're the ones that picked Jamar Fletcher, not Drew Brees. We're the ones that pick Eddie Moore, not Anquan Bolden. We're the ones that are counting on Ryan Tannehill to either beat the Jets or the Bills at the end of the season, just one of those games, to get in the playoffs. We're the ones extending Joe Philbin on a meaningless win against the Minnesota Vikings. Okay, it's our fault. It's not a matter of, oh, you only sign injury-prone players. That's stupid. Teron Armstead is the only injury-prone player on the entire line. But the rest of the guys had injuries. What are we going to do? Shit happens. It's a physical game. But you make it sound like everybody's injury-prone, and it's, not, it's just not the case. And you make it sound like every year it's about injury prone. And no, the last two years have been, it's been brutal, dude. I'm not going to lie. But it's the same thing as the stupidity of, oh, we can't win at Hard Rock Stadium because it's built on an Indian burial, Indian burial ground. Really? The Marlins have won two titles there. You want to come up with more stupid shit? Stupid shit. Oh, only we sign only injury-prone players. Stupid shit. Oh, our trainers are not good enough. Stupid shit. Oh, we can't win because we're the stadium's built on an Indian burial ground. Come on, man. Enough already. All right? Just bad luck. Sucks. Sucks to be us. But it's nothing more, nothing less. Okay? You when you draft uh, a, a running back, and he kills himself, you know, what are you going to do? 
I mean, I, I can talk to you about 40 years of just train wrecks from Stojanovich and Uwe von Schaman or whatever, man. You know? So please, it, it just, you know, for those of you like Luis Benito, who are probably 25 years old, or, or you have no perspective, or you're just a prisoner of the moment. Come on, man. You know? Let's go. Let's, let's, let's get a little bit more intelligent here. It's almost like the Heat front office has been thinking like fans, but the, by buying the hype of their own players. Yeah, they constantly make that mistake, unfortunately. Love them to death, but boy, they get drunk on their own players, and it is terrible. Waiters, that was a, no, Waiters wasn't a bad deal. Waiters was a catastrophically stupid-ass deal. You knew the guy needed foot surgery. Why would you give him a four-year contract? The guy was a bum to, to begin with. He only played 28 good games for you in that stretch with him and, and uh, Goron, where he played out of his mind. And you gave him a contract based on 28-game performance, knowing he needed surgery. Nobody wanted his sorry ass. Nobody was going to give him anything. And sometimes, some of the things that he'd have done lately, it's, been, it's really un-Riley-like. Oh, I'd rather have Chris Jones give him the money and not Wilkins. Yeah, but you're giving him 30-plus. You'll give Wilkins 25, but, you, you, but remember, you're going to give Christian, I mean, you're going to give Chris Jones about 30 to 32 million. Yeah, that's what he's going to ask for. Um, the only thing I worry about Chris Jones is how many years has he been in the league? Because he's already like, Scott. Yeah, and I feel like he's gotten his body beaten up already, and he's got his titles. And when he gets here, he's entitled. I kind of don't want that. I kind of feel like whoever gets Chris Jones next doesn't get the hungry Chris Jones anymore. I'm just saying, this is his last contract. 2016, so this is be his ninth season going next year. Or 10th. I'm not exactly sure. Is 16 his first? 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 10th season next year. This is his ninth. Oh, no, no, no. 24 will be, no, no, that's right. It'll be his ninth. I don't know. I don't know if I want to sign him to a long-term contract after nine years, and he's got three titles already. I, I don't know if I want Chris Jones at that point. I don't think I'm getting the guy that is looking at it like a brontosaurus burger and wants to attack it. I disagree with that one. You know? Uh, Big O, hear me out. I agree 100%. We got the best of him, and let's move on. Give Cam Smith his chance. Well, he's got no chance, no shot. He's going to get it. He's got no choice but to go out there and get it done. Okay? Uh, let's see. Well said, O. Uninformed. Yeah, it's just that whole injury stuff and trainer and stadium. It's just this that silliness that fans come up with that make that have – like, it makes no sense. You know what I'm saying? Uh, people forget Byron Jones has never missed a game before he joined the Dolphins. Connor Williams only missed one game before coming to Miami. Jalen Ramsey was healthy before joining. It, it's just dumb. AVG was fine. Austin Jackson, 
You know, he was always a healthy guy. And then he had the ankle injury last year, and it screwed him up. It's just it's not that he's injury prone. We and we don't only sign injury prone players and only draft injury prone. It's just so stupid, man. It's just you have a couple of injury prone players. Yeah, everybody does, by the way. Every team has guys that have injury history, dude. That's just kind of the way it is. So you're not gonna you're not gonna stay with any of the Bozes? Right? Not get rid of them, right? Right? I mean, screw the Boses, right? They get injured. You've had an injury. You're not on my team. Exactly. That's it. Can't have the Boses. Yeah, they get injured all the time. Yep. Big O here with Shambi, my cousin. He says, hello. What's up, Shambi? Uh, need a setup meeting to talk sports and see some NFL sports grill in the future. Uh, Campos, you know my schedule, my brother. We're here every Thursday at Hialeah Park. You can catch up with us here. Uh, we are at um, Craig's Inn's Acura Pembroke Pines. You can visit me at any of our stops, my brother, uh, anytime. We uh, always announce where we're going, and uh, you can stop by and uh, visit us and, uh, and meet with you guys anytime, my brother. Come on by. Uh, Frankie says, I agree that not all the players he has brought in are injury-prone or have been big injuries, but there is a few. Chubb, Waddle. Waddle wasn't an injury-prone player. He had one foot injury. That's it. That's it. That's it. He didn't have big injury history in Alabama. He had a foot injury at the end of his career. And he, not only did he, he played in the bowl game. In that bowl game, he recovered and played in that bowl game, showing some amazing toughness. He had an injury, not on my team. Yep. Phillips did, and Tua did. Mostert did. Wilson, I mean, that's a backup. That doesn't really matter. So, you don't want Mostert on the team? You know, it's like, so it's just, I don't know. You're going to have to deal with injuries. That's just kind of the way it goes. Everybody's got them. You get you an just, injury, I'm letting you go. You just got to You just got to hope that you get the timing right and you're healthy at the right time and most of your guys are ready to go. And that's it. But you're going to deal with some. You get a cramp, you come to the sideline, I'm cutting you right there. That's it. Uh, we've been fans for a long time. Ricky Williams and Larry Zonka don't get hurt. Yeah, Larry, uh, it ended with a, a toe injury, ended his, his career. Nice job. Way to go. Again, you're young. You don't know what you're talking about. You just threw some stuff out and didn't realize that Zonka's career ended short because he had a toe injury. He was like a shell of himself the last couple of years. He wasn't the same. But that's all right, dude. Yeah, that's all, it's all good. You, know. you heard the cool thing they're doing, right? What's that? He's bringing out the trophy for the Super Bowl. Yes, I saw yeah, that. Yeah, because he was the MVP of the... 50 years ago. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Good for Zonka. I just wish he was doing it when, you know, for, <laughs> exactly. You know? I just want him to do it for us. Yeah, but we got injury prone. We're, you know, we just, yeah, exactly. Everybody's injury prone. Uh, the whole thing is uh, shot to shit. What can I tell you? What's that? You see your boys doing the Super Bowl party? What's that? Tua. What'd he do? He's doing a Super Bowl party with EA Sports. Oh, really? In Vegas, yeah. Nice. Yeah, with Darius Rucker and oh, I forgot the other guy. Somebody. Someone like a rapper, I believe. 
Uh, Zonka played 11, 12, 13, and 12 games four years with Miami and the Giants. And uh, he had injuries. He had the toe injury. And he ended strong with Miami in his final year, 800 yards and 12 touchdowns. He had four, one, and six before that. And I think that's because he was dealing with the stupid toe. Back in those days, O.J. McDuffie was not injury prone at all. And a toe injury ended his career. I used to remember turf toe used to be like one, worse than an ACL injury. Oh, when yeah. When some players used to get turf toes, like that was it. It was done. Done. Zonka's career ended because of that. No, no, but that's what I'm saying, though. But nowadays, though, people are playing with it. Yeah. It's one of those things to where yeah. the foot injuries were bad. They used to be, bro, O.J. McDuffie's career ended. You know? Sucks. Yeah. Huh? But it, it, the thing is, the game's full of injuries, bro. Oh, we talk about Bob Kuchenberg playing with a broken back. Or it's 300-pound guys running into each other at full speed. I mean, do you not think there's not going to be a... That's the thing I don't understand. It's like everybody thinks it's like seven on seven. How can we, you get injured? What just, do you mean? It's just our last two years have been so injury riddled. But if you look at some of the other and teams, get, and if we're in Cincinnati, they lost Burroughs. Joe they Burrow, lose all the time. Nixon, they lose. I mean, no, but losing, Dolphin fans wouldn't want Joe Burrow. No, no, well, he can't be on our team. He's not on my team. He I mean, more games no. than Tua. I would not even drafted him. Joe I'm Burrow. telling you right now, I'm drafting the guy from. You people don't want Joe Burrow. No Why way. would you want Joe Burrow? Injuries. I mean, injuries. You can't have Joe Burrow on your team. I mean, he gets injured too much. I'm drafting right? guys from St. Thomas University. They don't get exactly. They don't get injured. Right. Luis Benito would never want a guy like Joe Burrow on his team. He gets injured too much. He's always injured. Why would you draft Joe Burrow? Always injured. A sack of injuries. Uh, Larry just got cut from the team. Who? Who's Larry? I don't know. He was injured. Hangnail. Done. Okay. Big O, I don't understand why Dolphins media are still talking about Vic Fangio. He never wanted to be here, so it's time to move on. Because they need clicks, bro. So they got to come up with any kind of drama and that Vic said this or Vic said that. Dude, it's so – see, the thing is, Devin, you normally are an incredibly logical dude, okay? You see right through the BS. The old geezer just took the job here because he didn't have a, the Philly job open at that time. Clearly, he was a consultant that year, and he didn't have a Philly job and he had the old lady on the west coast of Florida. So he said, I'll take the job. Then the Philly job opened up. The old man really doesn't want to be here. You see that. I see that. They're all set in. He's an old man. He's set in his ways. God bless him. I tell you guys this all the time. I'm 57. I'm set in my ways. I don't want to go back to radio at all. I don't really have any intention on ever going back to radio and working in the corporate world. I'm tired of it. Why? Because I never was a puppet for them in the first place, so it was a fight for me for 30 years, and I am never going to be a puppet for anybody. So I'm not going back to working in the corporate world. I'm setting my ways. I'm happy here. I'm happy work. I'm ecstatic working with Sean. And doing this for three years and connecting with you guys ways I could never do it in the corporate world. So I'm setting my ways. I like doing things my way. 
And that's what Fangio wanted to do. God bless him, dude. He's reached a point in his life that he can call his shots. And if he doesn't want to be here and he wants to be in Philly and they want him, then go for it, dude. I have no... Devin, you and I, we're not missing him. We're moving on. It's cool. He did his job, and you move on. You can't say he was a bad coach or anything. It wasn't his problem. I, I have more issues with Mike McDaniel than Vic Fangio any day of the week. And I'm sure you feel the same way, Devin. But the media in general, they got to go after clicks, bro. And they write a lot of bullshit that makes no sense, and it's just a whole bunch of drama and sensationalism, just like the cap crap that is going on. It's not a cap crunch. As I've told you, it'll get tighter next year and then impossible two years from now. Okay? And I think I lead you guys down the honest path with the Dolphins more than anybody that's on this beat. More often than not. For 30-plus years. Because I don't need clicks, dude. Don't need it. Don't need it. Don't care. Okay? We're going to get our following. People are going to listen. They're going to download. They're going to they're going to support our show either way. It doesn't matter. Cuz the people that follow our show, they get to know me and they know exactly what I'm all about. And I'm just as a straight shooter as it gets. Just cut and dry to the bullshit. All right, our number 2 is next is uh, David Fronis, the man, the myth, the legend ready to go. He is. Let's go with our Welt and Realm Miami Dolphins report. Welcome to Canesware. New store, new items, same great experience. Family owned and operated since 2010, Canesware has the latest merchandise from the Miami Hurricanes, Miami Dolphins, Florida Panthers, Inner Miami CF, and more. Come visit us at our store in Davie on University Drive, just south of 595, or online at canesware.com. Canesware, the spot Miami fan shop. With more than 62 years of litigation experience handling insurance disputes, Welton Rayom is committed to resolving even the toughest insurance claims quickly. At Welton Rayum, they don't get paid unless you win. They handle complex personal injury claims caused by the fault of another in both state and federal courts. They handle auto, trucking, motorcycle, slip and fall, and bicycle accidents. Call 954-966-4646. That's 954-966-4646. Welton Rayum can help. The viewpoint, statements, or beliefs expressed on the following program by the host, guests, or callers are not necessarily the opinions of FantasyXS.com, media grouping, ownership, management, sponsors, or website. All rise, football fans. As the Welton Rayom Miami Dolphins report with David Veronis is in session. Welton Rayom has more than 62 years of litigation experience handling insurance disputes. They are committed to resolving even the toughest insurance claims quickly. Call them for a free consultation. 954-966-4646. Here's Miami Dolphins insider, David Veronis. All right, all right, all right. There we go. There he is, ready to go. How you feeling, my man? You feeling good? I'm doing well. Just uh, struck with a lot of FOMO this week, fear of missing out because uh, I was really hoping the Dolphins would get me to Vegas for a free uh, trip over there. 
uh, this weekend. But uh, but th- that became more and more clear the later we got into the season that that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> it was going to be free for you. I was going to pay for mine and Sean's, but uh, I was hoping to pay for a Vegas trip myself too. Uh, yeah, it, it hurt when I had to ask for my refund for my Airbnb. Two years in a row, by the way, because I did ask for my refund in Arizona last year, and now this year here uh, in Vegas, I had to get my refund too, man, which uh, absolutely sucks uh, that I had to get refunded there. But, uh, hey, you know, it is what it is. Now they got to build it back up again, and and that'll be the challenge, and we'll find out, you know, who's available in free agency and uh, and who is not? And uh, I think one guy I, I'm convinced, and I've been saying it for a couple months, they'll be replacing is Christian Wilkins. And that will be a nice challenge for them to either replace him in the first or second round or replace him somewhere in free agency because they will have to get somebody to put next to uh, Mr. Sealer. Yeah, yeah. And if it's – I would lean more toward the draft, I would think. Um, the, the, the Dolphins with assistant D-line coach, Kenny Baker, he was coaching D-lineman at the senior bowl. Uh, Austin Clark was around there to get a good look at them. Anthony Weaver has that track record. He's a D-line coach, uh, coming over from just holding that position with the Ravens and other positions he's held before he's, he's coached D-lineman, was a D-lineman himself right. in the NFL, um, and player development. So important to him as Mike McDaniel noted in that statement he released. So, I could see a, a draft pick going that way if indeed, as as we've mentioned, as uh, you are very much uh, in, of the belief that Christian Wilkins will be Oh, gone, he's gone. He's gone. I've been saying it for months, yeah, man. He's gone. He's gone. Yeah. And then it, it, free agency, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't see a big-time free agent coming because the whole reason you're letting Christian Wilkins go in that scenario is that you're, you're not spending the, the big money to bring him back. So um, then especially if you're not bringing back Raekwon Davis, then uh, you're also going to need a nose tackle to play those rundowns, about 50% of snaps, let's say. Um, and then maybe they go for a veteran there. I haven't looked at the nose tackles that are free agents, but uh, maybe you go for a, a cheaper free agent uh, uh, to, to fill in that role as well. But, um, yeah, I could see them uh, getting a – uh, a young D lineman in uh, one of the first couple of rounds, developing him and having him be that guy where uh, you, you pay him a little bit less on a rookie contract and have him be that guy next to Zach Sealer. Yeah, uh, I, that's why I think Wilkins is gone. And uh, and I'll tell you, because some fans will tell you about Chris Jones because he'll be a free agent. Uh, I would be terrified to sign Chris Jones because there's a good chance on Sunday he wins his third Super Bowl. Uh, there's also a... A uh, very good chance this is his final big contract. I kind of feel that if the Chiefs don't sign him, which I don't think they will re-sign him uh, because they've got other things to do, but something tells me that whoever gets him is going to get like the guy that is kind of uh, finishing off his career and he's not going to be really as hungry as, he, as he's been in the past. He's got his money. He's got his championships. I would be terrified of signing Chris Jones if I'm the next team in line. I don't know about you. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, and Chris Jones, uh, he would be going into his age 30 season, so uh, he would turn 30 before next season. So uh, you take that into consideration as well, all the factors you mentioned. Uh, uh, would the hunger factor still be there if he gets paid? Uh, Kansas City Chiefs uh, 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 
I mean, now they've made two Super Bowls since letting Tyreek Hill go. So, um, I mean, credit to them that even with all the their wide receiver issues, all the drops, all the miscommunications on that front, that, hey, when you got Patrick Mahomes, you got Andy Reid, you got Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones has been, still been there, um, and, and that defense has taken another step under Steve Spagnuolo, then, uh, yeah, they can still play at that level even as they have to replace uh, former players. I remember the Patriots doing that a lot, uh, going back to – uh, when really the start of that dynasty, uh, thinking of like early 2000s when uh, every year it seemed like they would lose a key player off the defense from the previous year. And then even uh, through that later run with uh, Brady and Gronk and Edelman and all those guys, it seemed like they always just had another guy uh, that they would just bring up, whether it's through the draft, whether it's a cheaper free agent, and then just fitting that system, uh, he would work well for them. So then Chris Jones, if he moves, is in, in another system, he's, he's getting paid big money. Would the motivation still be there? Hunter uh, to win, all those factors. Uh, yeah, would would worry whoever's going to pay huge dollars to to bring him in, which is what it's going to take. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. That's why to me, that's not the move that they're going to end up making. I think it'll be you know in the draft when it's all said and done, uh, and then maybe in free agency you can get like a veteran that can kind of fill in, teach the kid, guide the kid, somebody that might maybe Weaver already knows or something like that. I could see something like that, but uh, I'm with you. I think it could be in that first or second round where you're trying to uh, fill that defensive tackle need. Uh, you look at some of the other stuff going on. What, what are you hearing about Teron Armstead? I know I'm kind of putting you in an impossible position. I don't think there's any retirement when it's all said and done. There's too much money on the table. Plus, I think the Dolphins really don't want him to retire because that would really create a salary issue. Right, right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, from Toronto Armstead's front, he still hasn't made a decision. He's still mulling things over. Last we heard from him at the Pro Bowl, but um, and, and not based on any insider information, but I would just lean toward uh, assuming that he would want to come back and play uh, once uh, – once some some more weeks and months go by in the off season, and uh, you start getting that itch again, you start missing what you were just doing, competing, um, and uh, and I think from the Dolphins' front, of course, you don't want him to retire because of the uh, salary cap implications. It, it would be a, a negative for them, and then uh, you take whatever you can get out of him. If it's ten games that he plays, right. and he's on the injury report every week, you take that. And then maybe he's still a pro bowler like he was from off of those 10-11 games like he was this season. So uh, you take it, and then if it's Kendall Lamb coming back and then he fills in those other six, seven games, then, um, you know, that's something you can work with at least. So, um, I, yeah, I think the Dolphins definitely hope that he's back, and you don't want so much turnover on the offensive line because – you're also looking at the interior of the line where Connor Williams is a free agent and coming off the knee injury. Robert Hunt is a free agent, and uh, that'll be a priority, especially if you're not bringing back Christian Wilkins. Then, uh, you know, could you go ahead and send He's some of that coming back. He's coming back, yeah. bro. Rob, Hunt, Rob Hunt is not going anywhere, bro. He'll be fine. Right. He'll be here. So the last turnover after you just had a good year as far as developing the O-line together, Butch Berry uh, coming back for a second season, first time in a long time that the Dolphins have an O-line coach uh, coming back for a second consecutive year, then those will all be positives that I think the Dolphins would want to take. And then part of that would be uh, having Teron Armstead in the fold as well at left tackle. Yeah, and, and you know, it's amazing, David, when you think about it, how important Liam Eikenberg, Kendall Lamb, and Andrew Van Ginkle are to this team. Because of the Connor injury and the insurance policy that Liam Eikenberg has become for him, 
Kendall Lamb, the insurance policy, he's become to Teron Armstead, a guy that can legitimately even start at that position for you and certainly fill in. And then you talk about Andrew Van Ginkle with your two injuries to Chubb and Phillips. My Lord, you got to bring him back in a big-time way because you've got to find another pass rusher opposite of him to kind of at least fill in until you start getting those guys back and get them into a groove. But you think about those three guys – the, the, the importance that they bring to the table because of the issues you have with other players at the same position. It's crazy how if you're a Dolphins, if you're in the Dolphins front office, those three guys have to be like a priority for you. Oh, yeah. Top of the list, Andrew Van Ginkle, because oh, sure. you don't know how Jim Phillips, Bradley Chubb are going to come back. So then suddenly if, if those two guys start on PUP next year, and this is that's a lot of months in advance. We don't know how far they'll right. progress. Uh, but, I mean, those are serious injuries that they're coming back from, an ACL for Chubb, the Achilles for Phillips, who, by the way, he posted his first steps uh, a, little, a little bit on the crutches on his Instagram story and then on the, some machine there. So, uh, you know, good to see that from him now, what, two and a half? Months uh, since the injury and the surgery, it was late November. So uh, I think that, yeah, that's the timeline on that. Um, so good to see that. But Andrew Van Ginkle, yeah, he's at the forefront now uh, just because you don't know if, if you're going to have those two guys to start next season. So then he immediately becomes a starter in that case. And then even if you do have them, it's just the rotational guy aspect of it where uh, maybe starting off you don't want to give uh, Chubb and Phillips so many snaps like they were seeing before. So you don't want them playing the 90-plus percent of defensive snaps. So Andrew Van Ginkle, huge on, on that front. And I think he would like to to stay in Miami just based on – I mean, you, you get glimpses of him with his wife, his family. They're, they're down here and, um, you know, on hard knocks and all that. So I think that would be uh, great for, for both sides if uh, they're able to reach that conclusion then – uh, you mentioned Kendall Lamb. You're speaking on uh, my colleague Perk's language there because I remember last season on, on our program with the Sun Sentinel, he was talking all this. He was always uh, speaking of Kendall Lamb or just the backup left tackle was such a priority in free agency last year. And I'm there kind of brushing it off like, all right, yeah, I get it. Teron Armstead's always hurt, but, uh, you know, there's starters that you need to get to. But then it, it's true. You really do have to look at that position because you know you, you just you bank on that Armstead is not going to have a full season, and he's going to be on the injury report throughout the year, whether whether he is playing or not. Uh, so you always need that guy to uh, to have as backup, and Liam Eikenberg as well. Uh, just whether you need him at center uh, to start because Connor Williams it won't be available, or if he's going to be in that left guard competition next year, then that would be uh, uh, something for him as as you've seen him develop now, or if he's just the backup center again with Williams now having uh, a, an injury that he's coming back from. Uh, those would all be key players next year for sure. I agree. I agree. I agree, my brother. And that's that's why it's going to be kind of interesting to see the developments in the offseason because you know, some of the players that are signed first may not be the biggest names. It might be some of these key guys that are part of, you know, making sure that bridge to Phillips and Chubb is there with Andrew Van Ginkle. You know, all those kind of things, obviously. I'm sure I'm sure Weaver's already going through the tape and trying to figure out how, you know, because he's probably going to play, his system's going to be probably a little different too. You know, he's probably going to tweak and do things his way. So different players, he may require a couple different players in that system that he may not have at, at this point in time. Or there might be some players, like let's say a Cam Smith, might be able to excel more with him than with Vic. I don't know. 
The, the, the interesting part that we don't know about Weaver is, like, we just went through a guy that plays a ton of, of zone all the time. Very little man-to-man. That's the part I'm not going to know about Weaver. How much man is he going to play? How much zone is he going to play? Now that it's his show, you know? Yeah, that's one thing I definitely want to hear from him whenever we do uh, hear from him first in his introductory press conference, which I believe will be next week at some point uh, after the Super Bowl, things sort of settling down. So uh, his one stint as defensive coordinator, he was a, a little bit more of the aggressive type. But in 2020 with the Texans, a lot of single high safety looks, maybe some cover zero, and um, and it almost looked closer to the, the Flores-Boyer type of thing. But then now he's been under – a Baltimore system of Mike McDonald there where uh, there was uh, less of the blitzing and more of the, the zone coverages, too high looks, uh, safeties. Uh, that was a, a predominant coverage there. So then uh, sort of where will he fall now as far as what his previous ideas were and then uh, has has he uh, sort of evolved it into more of what he learned under McDonald? How close on that spectrum would he be? Would he be sort of somewhere in between? So I really want to get that answer out of him and then – we'll really know sort of how the personnel will fit and mix and match once we get an idea of what his defense will look like now, uh, four years after his last stint running uh, a defense. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll see. And, and, and in, in the end, even in the press conference, he can't answer that question. He won't know because he won't know until he's put in those situations, until he sees what players he has to be able to play certain skill sets and certain things. Uh, so it really, we won't find out what he is for a couple of years, actually, you know, uh, because he really has to develop into his own person. And then he's in a, in a different division now, too. And so all these kind of things kind of determine where, what direction you're kind of going, in, going into. So he might go back to being more of a blitz guy. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it all depends. I know this. If he's playing his former team, he better do that. He better not do what, what Fangio was doing. You know what I'm With saying? Lamar, yeah. Yeah, with Lamar. You got to attack his ass because I was going crazy when they weren't attacking him. And, you know, and, uh, and I knew the Chiefs would attack him because that's what Boyer and Flo did. To their credit, that's why they won those games because they attacked Lamar and did not allow him to get comfortable. So I think it'll it, – you know, the situation, a lot of times, David, is going to determine what you're really going to play at that moment. You know what I mean? And by the way, he, yeah. does, he does have a safety that can play single high safety and can excel at that. Okay? Yeah. Holland is yeah. perfect for that. He is built for that kind of play. I'm just he – is, he is elite. If you play him as a center fielder like that – Oh, dude, he's going to have seven, eight interceptions. I'm telling you. Yeah. Okay. He's capable of that. I mean, that's uh, sort of why the uh, Flores-Boyer uh, combination uh, drafted him. Uh, and, you know, Greer uh, chose him. And uh, he fit into that Flores-Boyer uh, scheme starting off uh, when he was uh, taken early in that in that second round in 2021. Uh, because he could do those things, and he had right. that range. So, uh, yeah, and then uh, that's one thing that was interesting with uh, with Fangio just giving him one year here is that uh, it was a lot of personnel that still fit the previous scheme, and then you're trying to make it work with a complete 180-degree difference. You have Brandon Jones, who was blitzing all the time in the previous defense. Now you want him to play coverage. Javon Holland is 
uh, his uh, zone is shrinking as far as uh, allowing his range to flourish. And uh, and to your point about uh, the way he attacks his former team, the Ravens, yeah, that was the difference of what the Chiefs did, what the Dolphins did between 56 points, right? That's what the Dolphins gave up, and 10 points that uh, the Ravens scored in the AFC Championship game against the Chiefs. So uh, the, the proof is kind of uh, right there. Yeah, exactly. That's why I think it's just one of those things that we've got to – it's kind of a wait and see because he may not even be able to evolve to what he has, what he wants to be because he may not have all the pieces he needs the first year. It might take him a couple years, just like Fangio. What I didn't like about Fangio is, you know you inherited uh, talent from another defense. You weren't flexible enough to use them to play in their strengths also. And then that also shows me as, as, a, as a coach, I know you're a great coach, but you're a great coach with your system. Well, I, I kind of like the coach also that can play multiple systems and can adjust to his talent. And that's one of the things I used to love, and I, I hate to do this old man shit. God damn it, I hate it. Uh, but Shula, this is what I loved about Shula, dude. You know, when he had Greasy and Zonka and those guys, well, he ran the crap out of the ball. And then when he had Woodstruck, well, then he knew he could only run with one guy and pass with another. And then when he had Marino, he knew he had the most gifted passer out there, so let me ride that arm. And he adjusted to what he had on his team. You know what I mean? And to me, that's what I like about – I like defensive coordinators that can play zone on one series and then play man on another. You know what I mean? I, I, I like being multiple because that keeps people off balance too. And that's one thing that I thought, you know, Fangio could have taken advantage of last year because he had some guys that had – those skill sets, like you just mentioned, Brandon Jones is a dynamo when it comes to playing him as a blitzer, as a run supporter. And he got better in pass coverage and everything, but but he yeah. excels in those other areas. Dude, what are you doing? Let's go. Get after Josh Allen. Get after Lamar Jackson. Let's go attack a little bit more. And he didn't do what his defense was actually built for before he got here. Yeah, what well, you're mentioning there, going man one series, uh, zone the other. Now it's almost like uh, like Miami Heat Eric Spolstra system uh, on, on the football field where uh, you see him throw in that zone defense um, uh, on the hardwood uh, about as much as, uh, as any uh, NBA team and and mixing that in and how it uh, affects uh, other opposing offenses. So, so yeah, that would be interesting. But, but then again, Spo is the best coach in town. <laughs> he's the best coach in the NBA. He, you know, he's, he's at another level right now, you know, uh, right now in this town, nobody's proven like he's what he's proven, you know, but it, it's a great example on your part that he's a very multiple coach. And to me, yeah. I think that's incredibly important. And I thought Fangio lost out on an opportunity last year to show some flexibility because he had the players actually that could help him out on that end more than his end. You know, yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. Fangio kind of struck me always as a, sort of like a my way or the highway type of coach. You know, and and when you've done it so many years, and uh, you know, you some you'll fall into that mentality. But um, it you know you have to be able to be flexible with what you have, and there was just so much personnel that was there uh, for the structure of the previous defense. So not as much adjustment on his part. Uh, yeah, he could have uh, figured to uh, improve. Uh, increase the blitz rate a little bit based on how much it was. So it wouldn't be such a drastic difference. Uh, I think at least in year one, 
And then if uh, if it would have worked out where they were sticking with that plan for uh, year two, then maybe you get more of the ingredients that you need for his system, and then you just uh, go further and further on that spectrum to shift toward what he wanted to do. But yeah, I think year one, uh, it would have been ideal if he was a little bit more flexible toward what the, the, the guys on defense were doing and just make it sort of like a slow roll, slow introduction into his system. All right, what do you got going on the Sun Sentinel, my brother, so folks can check you out? And, uh, yeah, I mean, checking out uh, NFL Honors tonight, which uh, Tyreek Hill is up for Offensive uh, Player of the Year and Tua's up for Comeback Player of the Year. Alec Ingold, he's uh, the Dolphins' uh, nominee for Walter Payton Man of the Year. So, uh, you know, tune in tonight. Uh, I'm going to also see if uh, any of those Canes uh, get into the Hall of Fame. That'll be good. I know they've been on on that finalist list since I was covering UM uh, every year, it seems like. So Who's there, nice Hester, if, uh, Hester and who else? Hester. Andre Johnson, Reggie Wayne, if, uh, if those guys can can get in. Reggie um, Wayne will so. get in probably even before Andre, only because he was on a better team. Andre Johnson is a first ballot Hall of Famer, bro. Should be, right? Yeah, no, no, I mean, no, he, no he, should he, be. He there, there's he, no should be. Like that, you know? There's but no like, should like, be. That's one of the greatest talents I have ever seen in my life at wide receiver is Andre Johnson. He just played on a on a shitty team with no quarterback ever, and that, and, he still that, put up and he still put up numbers. He did what Irving Fryer did for many years with the with the Patriots, Mark Wilson, and a bunch of other bums that threw to him, and he would still you know get nine hundred, a thousand, eleven hundred yards. And then when he came to Marino and and for Philadelphia after he you know he played with better quarterbacks and and he put up better numbers. And he put up Pro Bowl-type numbers, but Irving Fryer was a stud with crappy quarterbacks. Andre Johnson's even better than Irving Fryer. And, and to me, Andre Johnson is, a, is a, a, a superstar talent at wide receiver, bro. Like, if he would have been with Mahomes or Brady or whatever, he, he, would, he would have gone into the Hall of Fame and he would have been recognized like he should like one of the greatest receivers to ever play in the NFL. Seriously. Absolutely. Absolutely. God. And aside from that, just uh, keeping my eye on, on any other staff changes. We know the Dolphins. I have uh, Joe Barry as a linebackers coach now. Anthony Campanelli's out. And uh, Ryan Crow in as outside linebackers coach, was previously under Mike Vrabel in Tennessee. But uh, Ryan Slowick, who was previously in that role for the Dolphins, he's staying on staff in another role so that – uh, yet to be determined. So uh, just going to be following up on all the uh, the news going on around us, all these defensive coaching staff uh, changes. And Dolphins. if you're going to put a punter in or a kicker into the Hall of Fame, the greatest returner of all is Devin Hester. And so I have exactly. no, I have zero issues with Devin Hester going into the Hall of Fame. I just have an issue that Andre Johnson is not respected like he deserves because people – really didn't look at the talent. They're just looking at the situation and his stats. And his stats don't even tell the real story of that guy, dude. What a shame. Yeah. And wide receivers, wide receivers always get this disrespect, too, where they don't get in on the first ballot. I mean, it, it's so yeah. few wide receivers that get first ballot Hall of Fame status Yeah. Um, just by the way the, the votes go. And you're right, Devin Hester, I mean, I know a lot of people have issues with a specialist, a return specialist getting in, but he was the best at his position and dominant. I mean, those 06 Bears, you couldn't kick or punt to the guy. He changed the whole game where yeah. they, had, they were kicking off out of bounds, taking the penalty because – you didn't want to score and then just have the Bears go and take those points right back with a Devin Hester return touchdown. 
um, at Super Bowl, kicking it off like that with uh, with a touchdown at home at uh, Hard Rock Stadium. Uh, electric moments from Devin Hester. So, well, he here, here you go, my brother, Sean. Give him the news. Uh, the Chicago Sun Times and oh, NBC yeah. uh, Sports Chicago are reporting sources: Devin Hester, Steve McMichael, Julius Peppers make the Hall of Fame. Three guys that yeah. play for the Bears. So they, they have the insight on three bears that are making it into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I did come by that, that report. So, uh, yeah, hopefully accurate. And then, uh, yeah, we'll know for sure once the uh, official Oh, there are going to be a shit ton of Bears fans at the at Canton next year. That's for sure. Yeah, right. <laughs> Damn, bro. Three? Huh? <laughs> at, at least five get inducted. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, so three of them are bears. Wow. That's, Im- that's impressive. Yeah. And they have and they have like some old time uh, inductees too. Right, right, so, right, right. Exactly, exactly. I'm yeah. with you there. All right, uh, follow him on Twitter at David Fronis underscore and catch his work there at the South Florida Sun Sentinel. David, as always, thank you, my brother. Have a fantastic day, my friend. We'll catch up next week. Likewise, enjoy the Super Bowl. Thank you, sir. Welt and Rail. Make sure you uh, call our guys. They're in Hollywood, and uh, actually, they're moving to a new office in Hollywood. Can't say where it's at. But uh, call them, 954-966-4646. The consultation is free. Jeff Welt is an absolute stud. Many of our listeners here over the last couple of years have used Welt and Rayom, and you can too, for bankruptcy, homeowner property damage, condo damage, criminal defense, business owner claims, commercial litigation, personal injury. It's all there for you. 954-966-4646. Call Jeff Welt. The consultation's free. Even if something happened to you a week ago, a month ago, six months ago, a year ago, and you're not sure if you have a case, the consultation's free. Asking does not hurt, okay? Call them, and you can do most of it all by phone, 954-966-4646. This has been another session of the Welton Rayom Miami Dolphins Report with David Veronis. At Welton Rayom, they don't get paid unless you win. They handle complex personal injury claims caused by the fault of another in both state and federal courts. They handle auto, trucking, motorcycle, slip and fall, and bicycle accidents. Call 954-966-4646. Welton Rayom can help. All right, all right, all right. What's that? You'll be happy with it. I'll be, I'll be happy. Well, not not just Devin, but the Mongo, Steve Mongo McMichael. And I'm just. Yeah, he's a good dude. Good he's player. ultimately going to make it with the condition that he's in. Why? Wait. Yeah, I just. Yeah. You, you talk about all the time with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame about how they're. We induct them and they're. You give the roses after they're, they're gone. They're, yeah, and it's like. Or, or they're too. too old or yeah. sick to go on stage. Yeah, I mean, and, and Mongo is way too sick to go on stage, but at least. You know, the family and everything else will, he'll be recognized while he's still here. That that I like. Yeah, yeah. A lot of Bears from that. Yeah, as, uh, as long as the sources are correct, by the way, too. That so. 85 Bears team. Jesus. That's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. A lot of people that belong in the Hall of Fame from that team. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? Uh, okay. Let's get a couple of super chats here. Frankie Fresco, thank you. Uh, Big O, hear me out. The Dolphins might hire you now that you have an injury. Just kidding. Keep up the good work. Sean, TK announcement sucked. Okay. He says yes. 
Rosendo says, uh, thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Glad to see Big O ushering in a wave of positivity, inspiring gratitude and hopeful vibes for a filling day ahead. Let's hope so. That's only if you don't have an injury. Yeah, that's it. Or if you're uh, SoCal Derek, who continues to come after me with silliness on Twitter because he doesn't know shit about Bitcoin, and he keeps repeating stupid shit that other people say, oh, it's a scam. But I don't know anything about it, but I'm listening to other people. I mean, you know, it's, listen, if you don't do your own homework, why do you listen to other people that don't know anything? Gus Gus 1388, thank you for the love on the super chat. Deion Sanders lost toes to turf. It was turf toe? I did not know that. Didn't know that. Had no idea that it was turf toe. I knew he had some, something that happened to him, but I didn't know it was that. You go ahead. You can say whatever the hell you want. By, by all means, because I saw somebody say that Josh Allen's not doesn't get injured. But Josh Allen would have never been drafted because in college – he broke his right clavicle, missed 10 games. Oh. Then he injured his right shoulder, missed four games. So by all – Oh, no, you can I mean, that's, that's injury that's a, prone. That's injury prone. That's injury prone. And then plus he had an injury in high school too, which oh. was the same shoulder. Oh. The right shoulder has been an issue for a long time. And by the that, way – That, my friend, is injury prone. And Josh the, Allen, you're cut. And by the way, that, in, that shoulder was injured during the year this year. And he played with it and everything. So, you know, but you guys – you know. You don't draft Josh Allen then. It's just the, the injury stuff just gets to a point where it's just ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? It's just ridiculous. You're not going to get 53 people that never get injured. It's just not going to happen. But the problem is the last two years have been brutal for us. That's all. Got to let it go. Uh, Big O, how do, you, uh, how do you feel about Reggie Roby? Is he worth consideration he was good. Um, I don't know about, you know, punters overall, bro. You know what I mean? That, that discussion for me is like, yeah, I just have, you know, whatever. You know, if you want to make that argument, go ahead, knock yourselves out. I don't really give a shit about Ray Guy or, or uh, Reggie Roby or any punter, to be quite honest. I don't even want to have a discussion about punters in the Hall of Fame. Okay? You know what I might do for you? I might have a kicker for you in the Hall of Fame. If you give me a guy that, like, hit all these clutch kicks and these big games and, you know, he was the reason why you won a couple of Super Bowls and he was like, oh, you know, maybe I can hear you out and all that, but I don't even want to enter into a discussion for punter and Hall of Fame. That's just stuff that just, no. So, um, what yes, I think sir. What might be interesting is to see in this day and age, like with, with punting, how they angle the kick and get them. Because back, uh, me growing up, all I remember is the coffin, punter just coffin cu- uh, kick cutting. the ball as long, far as you can, get them better field position. That was kind of right. the thing. Now the, the game is kind of transformed to where now you've got kickers trying to, you know, kick it inside the five-yard line. You right. have – so I think ultimately, if you can get a kicker that is just deadly accurate, where like 99% of his kicks are within the five-yard line, maybe, because then they're changing a little bit of the game. Right. 
Whereas now I don't like you, like you're saying punters just right the Reggie Roby punters, just, those guys just kick the ball as hard and as high yards, as they can yards, yeah right. yeah that's yeah. it yeah Reggie wasn't a touch guy yeah. no he just kicked the he was right. the, just kicking the who shit was out of the, the ball. kicker for the Raiders um, King whoa. King was it King oh you the, you're talking about recently yeah yeah, yeah King just kick the ball right <laughs> seventy yards in the air just right like, no idea where it just, right just exactly kick. and it didn't last long. Yeah. No, no, no. Because that's not what they want anymore. Yeah, and then also if you're kicking it that way, you're always putting them out that's to the 20, 25-yard line. I just think the that's way really the game point. is going now, down the line, I don't see any recent, any recently coming up, but you may end up sneaking punters in if they can get a kicker that can actually get you pinned down and change that part of the game to where... But it's got to be so memorable. Oh, no, it's, it's going to have to be some memorable spots as well, and, and it can't just game, be... Yeah. Big games, big moments, yeah. it's hard. Yeah, It's just a weird conversation, to be quite honest. By the way, what is the deal with Hayward Highsmith and the Miami Heat? Like, you know, the, you know, the media could not ask any questions yesterday about that. Huh? Yeah, I know, I saw the Slater report. He, the guy got his leg amputated, injured his and, – and Highsmith wasn't high or, or drunk. It was right after a game, yeah. He must have been eating shit with radio, phone, or something. He made a human error, but it was a – oh, God, that's not the human error any of us want. Oh, my God. And he's a good kid, dude. Like, you, like Haywood Highsmith does not look like a bad young man. That story is scary, dude. Shame. And that guy was helping somebody else. And then he gets clipped by, by uh, yeah. Haywood's car, and the rest of his life is... Yeah, that's not something you come back from either. As, as I mean, any human that, you know, oh, if you have a, you know... <laughs> God. Just that instant happening like that, that's not something you just... And I was still trying to understand one thing, though, too, is it was, it was in the, the middle of the road was where it was happening, not on the side. Yeah, right? apparently. I, I uh, again, don't know exactly. Again, again, they're, again. they're not really painting the exact picture yeah, for us. It was hard. But like, it was painted like it was in the middle of the road. road. Yeah, that's, so that's the car was read, broken yeah. down, and apparently Hayward he was. coming was, up on it and didn't see whatever Something he wasn't on. paying attention, yeah. and he clipped the guy, obviously. Yeah. And, you know, the rest is history. But Jesus, dude. Are you kidding me? God, that poor man has to now, you know, kind of deal with that. That's crazy. Don't forget, folks, to smash the hell out of the like button. And remember, watch time is very, very important. Very important. Always appreciate it. Thank you all out there. Um, anyway. What else do we have going on in the world of sports? Uh, let me, uh, you know what? Let me get into uh, a little B days and uh, and music history here. Overall, and I'll get into a couple of other sports topics. All right, let's start off with uh, birthdays today, right? On the eighth of February, who is celebrating birthdays today? Um, Paul White, wrestler, 52. Oh, that's the big show. That's his name, Paul White. 
Yeah, he's got a hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That does look like the big show. Yes. Yes. It does look like the big show. Yes. Okay, Clay Thompson is 34. What's that? Yeah, he's good. Well, he used to be good. Uh, Anderson Pack, the R&B singer, is 38. Alessia Russo, soccer player, is 25. James Dean was born in this date in 31, lost him in 55. Um, early age, too, man. Jesus. Uh, what else? Vince Neal, 63. Gary Coleman was born in this date in 68. We lost him in 2010. How's that? Yeah, that's right. What you talking about, Willis? Uh, Seth Green, actor, is 50. John Williams, composer, 92. Danny Harmer, actress, 35. Julio Jones, 35. Uh, let's see. Kimbo Slice was born on this date in 74. We lost him in 2016. I don't know who this is, but it says Ice Cream Sandwich. It's a YouTube star. He's 32. It doesn't even have his picture. Uh, oh, you have a whole bunch of wrestlers. Cecily Strong, actress, is 40. Um, Nick Nolte, 83. That's it. You have more wrestlers today? You, so you have like a wrestling thing? I have classy Freddie Blassie, who's a great manager back in the day. Jim the Anvil Nightheart. A lot of they've passed away, so maybe they did not. No, no, no. I, them. I, okay, I tell well. you, I tell you some. Jim the Anvil Nightheart, who's but... part of the Hart Foundation with Bret Hart, his daughter's Natalia Nightheart. Okay. And then you have Sensational Sherry, who was Queen Sherry, which was who brought back Elizabeth and reunited him with. The Macho Man when Queen Sherry turned on him at a WrestleMania. Okay. There's are the wrestling birthdays. All right. There you go. You got the rest of your wrestling birthdays, which is a beautiful thing. Oh. All right, let's get you a little music history on this date. In 1969, Eric Clapton, Ginger Baker, and Steve Winwood announced the formation of a new group with the addition of Family Rich Greach on bass. The quartet became Blind Faith. Supergroup. In 70, that might be the first supergroup or the Yardbirds. I got I think the Yardbirds were the first supergroup, right? Maybe. Somebody correct me out there. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's not the Yardbirds. But that Blind Faith, Yardbirds, those are like some of the first supergroups. Uh, in 73, Max Yausger. Died of a heart attack at 53. The dairy farmer owned Bethel, New York site where the original Woodstock, Woodstock Music Festival was held in 69. In 1980, David Bowie finalized his divorce from Angie Bowie. The singer won custody of their son Zoe, but had to pay his ex 51000 in settlement. In 94, Oasis was forced to cancel their first foreign tour after they were deported from Holland. The guys were involved in a drunken brawl on a cross-channel ferry. Some band members were arrested and had to be locked in the brig on the ferry. And in 2006, you 2 were the big winners at the Grammys, taking home five trophies, including the one for Album of the Year, Rock Album of the Year, for How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb. They also won Best Rock Single for City of Blinding Lights. What a great song. And for the Best Rock Performance by a Duo Group or Song of the Year with... Sometimes you can make it on your own. 
Just a great album, How to Dismantle a Bomb. Absolute. Cream was the first super group? Okay. No, that, that makes sense. Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense with Clapton and Ginger Baker. Yes. Okay. All right. So Clapton, uh, so Yardbirds, um, you said what? Cream and then uh, Blind Faith. Yeah, those were probably some of the first super groups from, from back in those days. All righty, let's, uh, let's talk a little Super Bowl. And uh, by the way, the line for the Super Bowl has not changed the last couple of days. The Niners are still favored by two. The over and unders 47 and a half. The money line, the Niners are minus 122, and the Chiefs are plus 102. Um, that's about it. And uh, Steve Calibro is ready to go. We're going to talk a little props, too, because he's got some props. The wise guy has got uh, his pick in for the Super Bowl. He's going with Niners, right? Wait a minute. Hold on. Pump, 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 pump. pump it up, homeboy. Yes. Big O, I just talked to the Jersey guy. He's all about the Niners. And I got to tell you, I have had a, a change of heart. You're going with me and the Chiefs? Well, it's going to sound like that, but let me explain it. I'm going to be rooting. Thank God for sports betting. Make sure all your listeners know that sports betting is alive and well here at Hialeah Park. Yes, it is. And it makes the game exciting. But I ha I'm in conflict. I'm in complete conflict. Why? I love the Brock Purdy story. The kid that looks like he's 17 years old, doesn't look like an athlete. The NFL hates him probably because he's not exciting. He's not a convict. You know, he's, he's not like the all that stuff, right? He's boring. Yeah, he's boring. All he does is win. You know, does what he's supposed to do. Doesn't make too many mistakes and wins. So I like that, right? And, you know, the whole thing, his father's at a, at a flea market selling – uh, spas and somebody comes up to him and says, hey, your son's uh, in the game. He's playing, you know. <laughs> he doesn't even know. That, I, I love all that, right? So I'm rooting for Brock Purdy. Not necessarily the 49ers, but I'm rooting for Brock Purdy to win and sort of shut up all the NFL guys that say, you know, only uh, big, strong athletes that do unbelievable plays can be the guys that we like. That's what I like. So I like, I'm rooting for the Niners and Brock, or I should say Brock and the Niners, Brock first. But I think I'm going, and I've already made a wager. I'm going to wager on Kansas City to win. And here's why. I talked to my stepson, who's a phenomenal sports knowledgeable person. This guy, you know, he played poker for a living for 10 years and lived on the, lived on the water all of that time. So he lived, pretty, did, lived a pretty nice life. Now, he, now I may add that he's an emergency room nurse and he's spectacular at that, but he still understands sports. And he said, Steve, they got the better quarterback. They got an amazing defense. Oh, by the way, defenses win championships. And they're, they got a hot hand the last eight weeks. So they're the hot team with a good quarterback and a great defense. How could you bet against them? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? oh, oh, by the way, to throw in a little extra added thing, you're getting two points. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so when he said that to me, I was like, whoa. Chris is his name. He's a phenomenal, knowledgeable sports guy. I said, oh, wow, you just changed my opinion. I'm still rooting for Brock. So you're rooting to lose money? 
No, no, no. If Brock wins, you lose I'll, money. I'll, I lose money, but I'll feel good. But I don't think Brock's going to win. Brock's not going to win. He's not going to win. So I'm rooting can't. for him. Oh. I'm, I know. I told you it was conflict. I told you it was conflict. How do you feel good losing money? Uh, no, because the, the kid's not going to win. He's not going to win. I think what's going to happen. So, 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 no, I'm. So, <laughs> so when you when you do it's the conflict. So when you do the numbers at the end of the night here, you want them in the negative? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I want to win money. I want to win money. But my heart's really with Brock, and he's not going to win. I'm going to feel sad at the end of the game because. Have, no, you're not. I'm gonna have one money, and it will be a it will You'll be a function, it will be a functional thing that I got some more money in my wallet. But Brock will do something like throw two interceptions in the fourth quarter, and I'll be like, ah, oh, a poor kid, right? <laughs> you know, that, that's what I, that's it's it's a it is a Super Bowl in conflict for Steve Calibre. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, no conflict for me. Now I was Kansas City last week or two weeks ago, and now I'm Kansas City so, again this week. <laughs> I'm just going to go with the best player in the world. He's Period. pretty damn good quarterback, to say He's the least. He's the best player in the world, and I'm just going to do it. And no. then I'm going to go with the best defensive player on, on the other side of the field, too, and Chris Jones, because that guy is an absolute game wrecker. Now, wait a second. Now, there's another thing, too. Now, I do not disagree. I, I'm not disagreeing with you that he might be the best player in the world. He's clearly the best quarterback in the league, right? I'm not even close. Knows how to win. Got experience, you're by the way. A, you're building a team. <laughs> right. You got to pick one guy. You have the first overall pick. Who are you, you take taking? Him. You take him, right? That's it. The, the only thing. Now, remember, this is, it's not so, it's not always cut and dry, especially in Steve Calibro's world, yeah, the world of conflict, right? He, one thing about Patrick Mahomes, and I know it's going to sound a little negative. Brittany Mahomes? No, 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 oh, no, no, no. His brother? <laughs> no, no. Jackson Mahomes? <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, that's all. Those are two other negatives. Pat Mahomes Sr. <laughs> yes, recently. <laughs> listen, he, he had I'm one drink. To, I'm trying to find he, something here. He, officer, I had one drink. No, but listen, so, but here's the thing. Too many. In the last, <laughs> yes, in the last four months, what I've noticed as a fan, I'm not big, I'm not, I don't like it even a little bit. He's a little bit of a crybaby. Well, a little bit of a crybaby. Well, You're too good to be that good of a, that guy that's crybaby. I, I I think that this year took a toll on him a little bit because he was surrounded by a lot of incompetence, and uh, I think uh, some guy named Kadarius Tony. Yeah, who's a Kadarius a crappy Tony? Drove his ass. <laughs> to the brink this year on some of the crap he did. You mean the ex, soon to be giant. ex-chief? Uh, ex-chief? You mean the soon to be ex-chief? Yeah, yeah. He's the ex-giant, but it's soon to be ex-chief. What a, what a, what a waste. He's a, he, what he's a waste. A, he's a piece of garbage, but. He, but and he has all the skill set to be a great player. Yes, he just, he doesn't have I the loved him coming out of Florida. I thought talent-wise, this guy had it all, dude, but there's nothing here, bro. But, but back to Mahomes, you know, and he, I, he had a lot of incompetence. Yeah, but listen, he was yelling at he was, bitching, he was bitching about the the uh, the yeah. refs when Tony stepped with lined up offsides. Why don't you just beat the crap out of Tony? Don't don't he, beat the re- crap out of the refs. Because he's doing the because because he's because he's protecting his teammate in public, behind the scenes. I'm sure he was yelling at him. He was mother effing him to I'm hell. Sh- dude. I'm sure, but 
He came okay. off as a crybaby. I know. It, it, yeah. He yeah. came off a little as a crybaby. It, 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 it was not a good look for him. No. It was it, a it terrible was, look for him. It was bad. You know, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't like the crybaby thing. Brady has <laughs> deflate gate. So, you and, know, and, it's, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He cried. He, I, it's, well, well, it's the one thing I didn't like about Brady. I loved Brady, but he he would always cry to the refs. Like, always crying to the refs. It's like, it's like I remember, like, I... It, it, LeBron gonna, cries like crazy? Listen, Yeah, it's crying. It's crying. Nobody whines like LeBron. Oh, I, that's why it's one of the reasons I don't really, I don't really like LeBron. Although he's one of the greatest base, basketball players ever. He cries all the time. Yeah. He cries all. Th- I don't want to. As a fan, I don't want to hear you cry to the right, I got you. You know I what I mean? You, you like my, <laughs> you like you like Michael Jordan. There's no crying. I'm just gonna cut your heart out, and that's it. And it's over. And win. And win. And win. And, and you know. And, and if you lose, you just walk off the court, and that's go. it. You're done. That's I like that. No, I that's get it. That's a classy athlete. Right. No. And and Patrick maybe was going through a little bit of a learning process this year. You know, but. But he cried three or four times this year. Yeah. Way too much. I think you, it was. You know? I think it was the Kadarius no. Tony effect. Uh, I couldn't and, agree and, with and you then more. Early on, Rasheed Rice was young, and then the 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 Sky Kid has not gotten it. So now Rasheed Rice is actually the light yeah, gone on. He's there, yeah. And so now he's got him and Kelsey that he can count on. Then obviously the running game. So things have settled down. And notice how he's kind of settled down because Kadarius Tony is inactive every week. Now. Listen, I'm going to give you a little note of trivia. It's totally mm-hmm. unrelated. The running game. Um, it's the angry running back from Kansas City. Uh, What's his name? Pacheco. Uh, Pacheco, or Isaiah Pacheco. By the way, lives about 10 miles from the Jersey guy. Or grew oh, really? up. He grew up about 10 miles. He's a Jersey guy. Okay. Isaiah Pacheco is from New Jersey. He's from New Jersey, South Jersey, outside of Philly, where the Jersey guy kind of, kind of, kind of. Now, s- now you now you understand the attitude he plays with. <laughs> he plays with a Jersey attitude. Yeah. The guy plays like he's angry. He's like pissed off. Yeah. He hits you, and he gets. I, I talk about it all the time. He reminds me of Marion Barber. Yeah, he he. You remember Marion Barber with the Cowboys? Oh yeah, it, he ran he, angry. Yeah, like an angry guy. Yeah, yeah. And, and then he so ran angry. This guy Pacheco is he is. Pissed, but he's a great running back. You know, and he was he was very good in high school. He's yeah. you know that whole little world there. So he's another Jersey guy. I there mean, I go. know that you're someday. I'm going to convert Big O to love New Jersey a, a little more than he loves it right now. <laughs> no, no comment. That's the, I think I've never really been able to have Big O go to a no comment. <laughs> that's that's me being nice. <laughs> A big O's just being polite, right? That's me being nice. <laughs> yeah, he was being nice. That's Anyhow, being nice. one last thing. So I was talking with the Jersey guy, and I said, listen, I got to have something to root for, you know, because of this conflict I have with Brock and the, and the Chiefs likely to win. So I've got 13 wagers that are bizarro wagers that I'm going to make. Okay. So they're not really bizarro. First bet, bet is the first, you have, I just want to rat, rattle them off. You say yay or nay. Okay. Um, first person to score wins the game. Yes, I say. First person that First score. team to score wins the game. Oh, I would definitely say no on that. Oh, I got yes on that. The Jersey guy said yes. We'll see what happens. Get a pen. There's no maybe. There's no maybe. It's, it's a, I it's am, a, I, a I, I'm kind of <laughs> hoping that, that – um, I'm kind of hoping that the 49ers score first so I can get more points on the live. Ah, the live. Actually, actually, I picked 40, first, uh, 49ers first to score. 
Pick the 49ers. Yeah, I'm actually hoping that that happens because then (laughs) then I can get the Chiefs for more points and then I can can, uh, win more money. Chiefs, total number of touchdowns plus uh, two and a half. Two and a half, so it's three touchdowns. I got the over. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, 49ers, total touchdowns plus it's two and a half. Because you can pass on them. Two and a half, and I got over on that one. On what is it again? The Niners getting two and a half touchdowns, three touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, I got, I, got, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. So that's, do I. Yeah, I actually think that too. until Brock throws his two interceptions. <laughs> well, that adds to the and high scoring. And then I'll be sad. Then I'll be that sad. That adds to the high scoring. Actually, <laughs> I'll be, I'll be sad. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's touchdowns. That's it. Doesn't matter. Offense, defense. Um, Chiefs one, plus oh, Chiefs on the over to get one and a half field goals. I say yes. Over. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yes. Niners one and a half field goals under. I would go over on that too. That guy misses field goals for for a living. That guy for the oh, Niners. Oh, that's true. That's for the, right. for the he's Niners, actually, he's not good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moody that's or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. He yeah. misses him for a living. Yeah. <laughs> that's his. That's his claim to fame. I miss yeah. the good ones. <laughs> I miss yeah. the easy ones and the good ones. Yeah, yeah. No, the uh, 49ers over. Wait about that. Um, last team to score. Chiefs. I got Chiefs. I got Chiefs too. Yeah. Um, Total touchdowns scored by both teams. I went with the over, 5.5. It's 5.5 is the over. That's, it's going to be six. Right. It's, yeah. It's, gotta, it's, yeah. Six. it's, it's going to be pretty close. Yeah. That means the Niners got to get three and Kansas City got to get three. Right. Um, total sacks, five is the over-under. I went with the under. Hmm. <laughs> I don't think Mahomes gets sacked often. But Purdy can get sacked a couple times because he is not as if, mobile. If he gets sacked three times... And Mahomes gets sacked one, yeah. you still win the under. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of like the under there. I'm on the under on that one. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a tough one. They're not easy. It's they're hard. not easy, you know? Because they're going to get rid of the ball quickly. It's over five and a half? Yeah. Five. Five. Uh, the, under, five. the under is five on sacks. Five and a half on touchdowns. Um, they're going to get rid of the ball quickly, so I kind of like the under on that one. This one... I got to talk to the Jersey guy. Now that I'm looking at it, I'm not feeling the love on this one. Casey scores a defensive touchdown. Yes. I put no. I put no here. You got You can get the interception, but you got to get it in the end zone. They have a great secondary, man. Yeah, but that doesn't mean they're going to go pick six. No, I, I would go against that because there's a there's I, a good chance that never happens in a game. Yeah, yeah. You know the high there's a high percentage. Even if there's two interceptions, it doesn't mean they're pick sixes. Yeah, yeah. You, you just go through an entire season. You're not going to have a lot of pick yeah. sixes. So I'd my average. I'd rather bet against that than for. I'm on the I'm on the no on that. Yeah, um, I like that. What about uh? What is this here? I, I can't even. Uh, I can't. You can't, I can't understand your I can't understand scratch? my chicken scratch. I got two other crazy bets, but I got 13 bets. Okay. Which, those are bets that I don't have to worry about my conflict. You, you know what I mean? As much. As much. So, it's, this is what the Super Bowl is all about this weekend. It's about winning money. It, well, that's one piece of it. It's about it's, going to the Hialeah website. And, and don't use your email or cell number that you use with the Hard Rock account and open up a new account at HialeahPark.com, okay? Or use that QR code you're seeing right there, all right? And open up your account, use a different email or phone number, and you will get a free $100 no-regret first bet. So what are you waiting for? That's the important part. 
And the last thing, let's not forget about slots, you know, the best, the, the loosest slots in the uh, state of Florida. <laughs> well, the um, loosest slots were given away. I think I might have mentioned this last week. I'm just re maybe reiterating it. Mustang Maki. Oh, yeah. Mustang, March 30th. Just got it. Talked to Victor Benitez over. The, he's our he's our man over at uh, Gus Machado, and uh, Machado's Ford, and uh, it's a nice one. It's a it's a it's a beauty. You should we should uh, have you drive it yes, one of these days. Definitely, I, I got to try to win it. Me and the wife are going to come over here. Entries March first. March first. March first. You start coming over. To, well, I mean, you should well, come, come over early. Anyways. Come early. <laughs> but, but March first starts. Uh, you start playing, and the more slots you play, the more entries you get. So that's kind of the way it goes. Oh, by the way, you play the last thing. I. This is the second last thing. There might be a third. No, no. This is the last thing. This Saturday, we have our uh, big high hand promo. What a great preview to Super Bowl, right? It's the big 5,000 per hour. So come on, come on down Saturday right here. The room's going to be packed. Okay. The room's going because it's Saturday. We normally the promos on like uh, you know a holiday Monday or a Friday, but we're going Saturday before the Super Bowl. It's a perfect little uh, you know pre-Super Bowl okay. day of gambling. Big big high hand 5,000 an hour, 12 to eight. Come on down. There you go. See, so we got a little poker action, a little maquis when the slot people in March. And, and they got food, they got restaurants here. Uh, so you got all the gaming action. And, and it's really a beautiful place. Plus, by the way, for those of you that smoke, we have the smoking hot slots too outside. And it's got a lot of ventilation, a lot of uh, fans and everything. So you're nice and comfortable. So bring your cigar, your cigarette, your vape pipe, whatever it is that you do. Your weed? No, I didn't say vape. that. I didn't say that. He said vape. He said vape. We don't know well, what's in it. No, no, it's That's, medical for medical purposes only in the state of Florida. It's only for medical. I, I was just assuming everybody does it for medical reasons. It's usually for yeah. medical reasons. <laughs> usually I mean, in on. Florida. That's what. The, that's that, your honor. It's for medical reasons. That's <laughs> it. Everything else. That's At it. any rate, that's so, all. That's all she wrote. So you can enjoy even the smoking hot slots out here, okay? And the loosest slots, and that is all documented right there. State of Florida, loosest slots in the state are right here at Hylia Park. So, Big O, are you, have you told your fans that you're uh, on oh, the injured, injured reserve for six weeks? Dude, these, <laughs> these people know everything of my life. I tell them everything that goes on in my life. I'm brutally honest about just my life. Period. It's all good. but no, it's, Well, that's, that's a little banged up there. Yeah. The, uh, but, you know, you'll be, uh, you'll be back in the lineup in about six weeks. Full, full strength. Well, actually, you're in the lineup. You're playing injured. You're playing injured would be the way that we would describe yes. it. You're playing injured. Right now, I'm playing. So we got to we got to be careful. Injured. What we don't we can't put any trick plays or or, no. or no. any shortcuts or sharp cuts or moves or anything. No, no can't more. Can't do any of that. I, I don't. Uh, right now, I don't have the flexibility to to run that right now. Right now, I'm on the IR. I. Well, but yeah, but you know, I think you're more playing injured. So you're not 100 percent because you're. Well, you got yeah. the mic in front of you. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. got the mic in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. We, we can still kind of do our job, just not at, uh, at peak levels. You know what I'm but saying? You're, but you playing injured is better than the average guy in your, in your position when he's fully healthy. I appreciate that. So that's, that's, the, uh, Very that's nice the good thing. Mother. Very nice of you. Anyhow, come on down. Bet the, bet the sports here. Bet the slots. Bet the poker. Damn right. It's Steve, all good. Thank you, my brother. We will catch up next week, my friend. Will do. And, folks, appreciate you all out there. We thank Steve. We thank, of course, the Brunetti family, as always, for making it.
nice and easy and for always supporting us for so many years. We thank David Ferronis, Sean Stanley, and everybody out here at Hialeah Park. We will see you tomorrow morning. All right, we'll be in studio, 10 a.m. Y'all be good out there. Have a great day.